Have you guys ever had a situation where you weren't the one you weren't the one that had the challenge or the frustration or the problem, but it was somebody that you cared about? And that challenge, frustration, problem, concern worried and burdened you so much that you woke up in the middle of the night and lost sleep because of their concern. Has that ever happened to you at all? It's happened to me recently in the last week. Um, my heart has been broken. I Tuesday night during the... Uh, was it Tuesday night or Wednesday night? Let's see. Monday night was our first worship time, right? That was worship is... I won't tell because I'm going to preach that later. Anyway... Um, <laughs> But during the, during the worship time, during the, the, the singing of the songs, there was one song, and it might have been the resurrection song that we sang this morning. But I just was so moved, and I walked up to the altar. I wasn't praying for the kids that were there. I wasn't praying for me. I was at the altar in front of the cross, and I was just weeping uncontrollably because... I had a burden on my heart for a person who needed God's resurrection and healing power in their life. And it was overwhelming. I couldn't understand why. I mean, I'm in a teen camp. I'm focused on this. But all of a sudden, it was just, whoa. And I had no choice but to get on my face before the Lord. And I wept uncontrollably. I don't even remember what the song words were. I just know that I was called to be on my face imploring on that person's behalf. I don't even know what was going on. I haven't talked with them for months. But I know that I know that I know that God did it. I can also tell you that Thursday night at the camp... I didn't know what was going to happen during the worship service because I missed the counselor meeting because I was busy with something. And the end result was, I they, normally the speaker would say, well, this is what my plan is, this is what we're going to be doing, and this is what I need you guys to do. I missed all of that. So then it came time for the, for the sermon, and this woman begins preaching on... When there's a problem, when you have a need, when there's concern, you cry out the name of Jesus and worship. And literally, I just, I was sitting in the very back seat in the center section of that sanctuary. And I just closed my eyes and I began to worship the Lord. I wasn't even paying any attention to what she was saying. I just began to worship the Lord. And I was just sitting there quietly with my head bowed and my hands raised up like this. And then at some point, I felt compelled to stand up and continue to worship. And then I did an Elsie. I started singing my worship. And I was trying so hard to sing quietly so as to not disturb what was going on around me. But it wasn't controllable for me. I was just enveloped in, and my arms were raised. I probably had my arms straight up like this for at least 15 minutes, which is not normally possible for me. I have back problems. I have pain. But I just stood there on my feet with my face forward to heaven, tears streaming down my eyes, down my cheeks, my arms uplifted, and I was singing praises to God and worshiping Him. I don't even remember what that speaker was saying. 
And I was very self-conscious while I was doing it, saying, Lord, I don't want this to be about me. Please don't let anybody even see me. Just let me be an abandoned to you as I worship. Well, I found out later, that's what she had asked of us, was to be in prayer for that sermon so that the kids would be in abandon in their own worship. I didn't know that. I felt self-conscious like I was doing something I shouldn't have done. But I felt compelled of the Spirit to just do this. And as I was preparing for the sermon this morning, because it was this morning, because I had gone to camp all week, and I took yesterday as a day to myself. And I tried last night to, to prepare a sermon, but it didn't happen. I, I woke up multiple times through the night. Multiple times through the night. Because, not because I was worried about the sermon, but because I had a burden on my heart. And then finally, I woke. I got. I got up this morning, and I was like, my, I didn't even get out of the bed. I didn't turn off my CPAP. I was just laying there, and I said, Lord, what do you want me to preach this morning? And the Lord said, Bear another's burdens, so that you fulfill the law of Christ. And I laid there, and I said, Are you sure? Is this really you, or is this me? Because I don't want to do me. I want to do you. And again, the, Lord, the Holy Spirit of God whispered, bear one another's burdens so that you fulfill the law of Christ. And quite honestly, I couldn't remember where I found where it was found. And I wasn't even sure if I was quoting it right. I was like, oh, is this something that's really scripture? Or is this just some cute little expression I've seen on a bumper sticker somewhere? And so as I began this morning studying and reading and praying and, 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 and searching through the scriptures, I found it. It's in Galatians chapter 6. It's in the first five verses. Actually, the first ten verses is the pericope. A pericope is the, the section, the paragraph that thinks about, I mean, that talks about the whole topic. But I'm not going to be doing an exegetical sermon this morning on all ten verses. I just want to focus on, on verse 2 and on verse 5. So Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Galatians chapter 6, verse 5. And the reason that I'm doing this is because it frustrates the fire out of me to read these two verses. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And then verse 5, each one should carry his own load. What? That's great, Paul. Talk out of both sides of your mouth. We need to carry each other's burdens, but they have to carry their own burden. That doesn't make sense. So you study it in the original language and you learn a little bit more. Because unfortunately, most of us don't have the benefit of doing that. I really don't because I'm not a scholar in those languages. But at least I had the resources available to me to look it up. And so in our English language, it says burdens in chapter in verse 2 and load in verse 5. But in some translations, it will say burden. Well, what it is in the original Greek language that Paul wrote in, the Koine Greek that he wrote in, in verse 2, the... Uh, oh, now that, I'm, now that I'm trying to say it, I can't remember the name of the, the word. Let me look it up real quick. The, in verse 2, the Greek word is uh, bere, I think it is. 
Barrows, something like that. Bear with me just a second. I'll find it real quick, and then we'll have the, the right. Verse 2, bear another's burdens. Burdens is Barrows or Bere. And it means weight. It means load. It means abundance. Burdensome. The word in verse 5 that is translated load or burden or weight is portion, like portion, but with a PH at the beginning. And it literally means a knapsack. It's what a soldier would carry with them into their battle. It would be that which was theirs to carry. Their medical aid kit, their their weapon, their food, their sleeping equipment, whatever they needed for them to take with them into whatever environment they're going in. The 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 barrows or the beret means um, a burden that has been placed on you over and above your normal load for you to carry for a period of time to a specific location. Freight. Okay, So, in other words, every single one of us, if we are Christians, if we are in right relationship with God through the blood of Jesus Christ, every single one of us is expected to carry that which God has given to us uh, and to carry that throughout our life, whatever that happens to be. We can ask God to lighten our load. And we can say, God, this is a bit heavy. Can you please? But... It's not something that's going to go away. You can, if you look in Second uh, Corinthians, you can see where Paul talks about this this uh, thorn in the flesh that he carried. He prayed three times, "Lord, would you please remove this from me? It is a burden that I don't want to carry." And the Lord said to him, "What? My grace is sufficient for you. This is something I ordained that you keep and carry with you for the rest of your time on this earth." So, so Paul had to learn to adapt to that burden, that, that portion that God had placed on him and had apportioned to him and said, this is yours to carry. No one else is going to take it from you. This is yours. I will give you the strength that you need to do it. At the same time, a, a baros, a, a, this, this idea of a burden that is, a, 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 that is assigned to you as freight or as, as, as this weight that you must carry, this is not necessarily forever. This is for a time. This is for a, a, a period or a, 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 an era or for a... I don't even know how to describe it other than that. But like, for example, Tuesday night, I felt a great weight put upon my spirit I couldn't explain to you why. I can't tell you what prompted it. All I knew was that I had to go to the altar and pray on behalf of. I don't know. I haven't communicated with that person in weeks. And I haven't communicated with them since Tuesday night. So I don't know if anything was going on in their world that would have prompted that need for prayer. All I know is that it was an irresistible, un, un, um, what's the word? I couldn't get out from underneath it. It was mine to carry and I had to carry it. And I went to that altar and I just poured out my heart on that person's behalf. And then, almost as quickly as it arrived on my heart, it closed and was gone. 
And I didn't even realize it, but they had moved on to the next song in their singing because I wasn't paying any attention. I was just on my face before God, lifting this need. And then instantly the burden was gone and I stood up and went back to my chair. It was weird, honestly. It was weird. Because it was this heaviness that came on me. I had to carry it. And then as soon as I had done what God wanted me to do, I carried it as far as he needed me to carry it. The burden was instantly gone. And I haven't felt a burden like that since Tuesday night for this person. But I shared with you about at the beginning of our service about the fact that there's a a pastor in this community whose wife has some health issues. And that's a burden that I can't let go of right now. Believe me, it brings me to tears every time I think about him, every time I pray for him. It just breaks my heart. But God has placed this burden on me for a reason, and so it is mine to carry for now. But it is not mine alone to carry. Because this person has asked me. They said, would you join me in carrying this this load? That's how I learned of it. They called me. And they said, please pass this need on to everyone who is a praying person. That they can join in carrying this load. Because this weight, this barrows is too heavy for them alone. And there is nothing they can do to get out from underneath it in their own strength. Nothing. And they need their brothers and sisters to come alongside them to help support. Remember the story of Moses and Aaron and Hur? For whatever reason, God ordained that Moses had to hold his staff high above his head while the battle was going on and if his arms ever got soft because he was tired when the arms lowered the battle went against the Israelites when his arm was raised the battle the Israelites were winning and finally it got to the point where the battle raged on all day and Moses was losing his strength he's an old man so they bring a rock and he sits on the rock and he's still struggling his arms are just shaking because the muscle fatigue and finally two people come alongside him on either side Aaron and her and they literally hold up his arms while he is interceding, if you will, on behalf of the entire Israelite army while they're fighting the battle. So, yes, Moses was the intercessor, but Aaron and Hur were the ones supporting the intercessor. Years ago, early in my ministry here, we had a couple whose name were Barbara and Alfred Hill. Barbara and Alfred Hill are powerful, powerful prayer warriors. They taught me a great amount about what it means to pray for someone else and to just pray with abandon. And they came to me one Sunday morning. It was at that time the board had asked that we would have a prayer time at 9.30 in the morning on Sunday morning before Sunday school started from 9.30 to 10. And anybody that would want to come would come and join us in prayer. And so it was usually me and Barbara and Alfred normally and maybe some others. But this particular Sunday morning, Barbara and Alfred showed up and I was already here and I was seated right here on this pew and Barbara and Alfred came up to me and they said, Pastor, you know the story of Moses and Aaron and Hur? Yes. Well, Pastor, God asked us to be Moses, be Aaron and Hur to your Moses this morning. We want to lift you up in prayer. And so we're asking, Pastor, would you raise your arms and let us hold them? And I sat there, raising my arms, 
And Barbara stood on one side and she held my arm. And Alfred sat on the other side and he held my arm. And they started to intercede for me as the pastor of this community. And Barbara gently whispered, Pastor, let go. And I couldn't. I couldn't lower my arms. I couldn't release them. And she said, Pastor, you're not letting us do what God asked us to do. God is asking you, Pastor, to stop striving and let us be your support. And as soon as those words were spoken, something inside me finally broke and I was able to let go. And I no longer was holding my own arms up. They were holding my arms up. And as that happened, I began to weep uncontrollably because I had been carrying a burden as the pastor of this community for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I couldn't, I had no place to turn. It was, it was mine to carry. But God in his sovereignty saw and knew that it was reaching the point where I couldn't do it alone. And he raised up people to come alongside me and to take that. Now, you don't have to physically walk alongside somebody and take their arms and tell them to stop holding their own arms up. But just the fact that this person comes alongside you and says, I've got your back. I'm supporting you. I know I can't make it go away, but I'm supporting you. It makes an incredible difference. And so as I was praying this, this morning, and praying over this and studying this, and I went all over, all over the place. I went through every single book of, 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 the, of Proverbs looking for wisdom. I was reading and I was just reflecting. And the one thing the Lord said to me was, Koinonia. Koinonia, Bob. Do you, do you, do you practice koinonia? And for those of you who don't know what that is, koinonia is an intimate fellowship of believers. It is, it is almost casual in its, in its relational qualities. It is, well, if you look in the, in Acts chapter 2, it says that all of the believers gathered together regularly and they shared everything in common. To the point where literally they were giving of their own sustenance, their own finances, their own, some people were selling their own properties and giving the proceeds to the body of believers there at the church of Jerusalem to support the ministry. Because there were people who didn't have and couldn't do for themselves. And so the church was taking that responsibility on and the resources were being provided because others who had means came and provided those means so that the church could do what the church does and that's support their community. And that's, that, that's what it was, this koinonia, this sense of intimate fellowship, everyone supporting each other, everyone reaching out to each other, everyone knowing their needs and being able to do and minister for them. And as I was reflecting on that, and reflecting on the story I just shared with you about my own struggle with releasing my burden. The Lord then said to me, have the children pull a blanket across the floor to show these people that yes, they have a burden they're supposed to be carrying. They have a job they're supposed to be doing, but there's going to come a point where it's beyond them. And they need to know that it's okay to ask for help. And they need to know that the challenge that I have allowed to come into their life 
is possibly going to go beyond their resources. Because I see good in the future. And this is a crucible they are going to have to go through in order to see my perfect plan come to fruition. And while they're walking that crucible, I need the people of God in Koinonia to come together to love and support and provide for because they're not going to be able to do for themselves necessarily because the burden will have been too great. I do not want to name names, but there's a woman back in the back who has been struggling with a diagnosis over her, of her mother. And this is a burden she's been carrying for weeks and months. And as sisters and brothers of Christ, we need to join her in this burden. We have another sister who's just lost her natural sibling. And the grief has hit. And there's two of them sitting side by side. Who's, who just recently lost their siblings in the last six months, in the last four months. And the grief comes in waves. And there may be a day that they're doing great, and then the next moment they're not doing great. And it's real easy, and I'm not singling these folks out because they're easy targets, but it's real easy for us to live in a Greek way instead of in a Christ-like way. And what I mean by that is this. When Paul was writing this, one of the things that he was challenging was the Stoicism or Stoic mindset of that day. The Greek culture was, you can do for yourself. You hide your pain, you smile through your garbage, and you just say, everything's great, I'm good, I'm okay. Even though on the inside you're dying. Because this is what we do. We never show weakness. What will people think of me as a Christian? What will people think of my God if they see I'm struggling? And that's a lie from the pit of hell. Because Jesus himself needed to ask for prayer when he was facing his greatest temptation. He gathered those that he was closest to and he said, would you please join me? Come and join me, please. You have no idea the weight that I'm carrying right now. I can't describe in words the, the burden that is on my soul right now. And I need my brothers to kneel with me and to join with me and to support me as I go through this travail. And what happened? They slept. Instead of... I believe they probably started praying. But then they got weary as it continued. And they ended up falling asleep. And they let Jesus down. I truly think that those three guys carried a guilt for the rest of their lives because of it. Not because... They could have kept from happening from kept from happening what happened through their prayers. That's not what they but they were not called to change the course of events. They were called to come alongside their brother who needed them. And so all of this is to say, every single one of you, every single one of you has a fortune, has a backpack, has something that God has said, this is yours to carry every day, every every moment. 
And whether it's burdensome or not, it is yours. And I will, I will give you the strength. I will be there with you. I'll help you. Every so often, we are given a, a, a I can't even remember the name, the barrows, the barrows that says, this is a heavy burden. This is something that quite honestly may overwhelm you. But it is yours to carry. And I will be with you as you walk this path and as you carry this load. And I will raise up your brothers and sisters to come alongside you to help you through this pharos that you're carrying. And you need to receive it. And not be stoic and say, I can get through this. Me and Jesus, we're going to get through this. Because it's not just you and Jesus. It's you and Jesus and whoever, whomever else Jesus brings into your life to bring support to you. To be your Aaron and your Her. Or even your Moses who's going to raise a staff as he prays over you so that you can receive victory while you're in the midst of the battle. However God chooses to make it all happen. I do not know all of the struggles you guys are in. I really don't. I feel so disconnected right now because I went through uh, my daughter's wedding back in June. Then we had three weeks of vacation. Then we came back and it's been a crazy month. And then finally I just got back from teen camp. And I just really feel disconnected from you guys. I really do. So I can't say as I look around the room, I know every burden that you're carrying. But I know there are people in this room that are carrying burden. And so what I'd like to do is we're going to bring these two black benches out into the center. I'm going to ask my wife to please, uh, if you don't, I know you have burdens that you need to pray over too, but I'm going to ask you to please represent this pastor's wife who's struggling with her health. If there's anybody else that needs prayer, please come up, sit on the benches or sit on these front pews. And then the rest of us, we don't need to know the details. We don't need to know the specifics. We just need to know that you need prayer and you need support. And we're going to come up and pray for you. And we're going to ask our Father to give you the resources necessary to get through whatever it is that you're facing. And that's how we're going to close out this time. And then when we're done with that, we're going to have communion. And I don't want to get into the, uh, what's the word? I don't want to go through the mechanics of telling you how to do this while we're in the midst of the, whatever God's going to do. So let me give you a little bit of instruction about our communion. Because there are some people here this morning who aren't normally here on a regular basis. In the Church of the Nazarene, we practice what's called open communion. Which means if you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you know that your sins are forgiven because of Christ's blood, if you are in right relationship with God, you are welcome at this table. We, drink, we eat bread, we drink juice, <clears throat> we do it as a body, but we do it individually. So everybody comes up on their own when they're ready. When you're done, these little white cups, if you could, put them in the little tub that's on the table back in the foyer, um, and then they'll be washed later on. But don't leave them in the pews, please. Put them back there when you're done. Um, so what's going to happen is this. We're going to gather for prayer, then we're going to have communion, then I'll say a benediction, and you can leave. It may be that God's going to keep people here praying. It may be that somebody's carrying some stuff that they can't let go of right away. We need to honor that and respect that. So please, once you're done taking communion, once you're done praying, leave the sanctuary and close those doors and visit out there on the porch and not in here, please. Okay? 
Let's respect whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do in our hearts and in our, in our positions here. So if somebody could help me, we're going to get these two um, benches.